This week on The Zone of Truth, Griff and I bring on Emily to talk all things remote recording and, of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in The Zone of Truth. We're back. We're back in the new studio. In the new studio, casting into cyberspace. Griffin, it's the 21st century. I'm a 21st century girl. Tell oh, you yeah. what. Hope you don't have a 21st century breakdown. I'm real Xenon. I'm feeling Xenon, girl of the 21st century. Oh. You remember those Disney Channel originals? Absolutely not. Oh, it's well, a shame. You should wow. you should rewatch them. You like bad movies. Hey, you know what? I mean, it'd be first time, <laughs> so that'd be great. <laughs> Seems like something I'd be into. Uh, yeah. Uh, rank it with Mean Girls 2. Where does it sit? Ooh, uh, it's pretty similar. to Actually, I would say, like, better plot than Mean Girls 2. Okay. Uh, however, it is, like, a Disney Channel original, so it's Disney Channel actors from, like, 2000. And what did you say the name of this one was again? Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. I think there's, like, two, maybe three. All right. I think I'm going to make Brooks watch this with me. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. All right, Griff. Well, we are back for another edition of the Zone of Truth. It is episode 87. We have a lot to talk about today, a lot of cool, interesting behind the scenes stuff. But before we get into our actual program, I want to introduce our guest. You know her, you love her. It's Emily of the show. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Glad to be here on a Zone of Truth. Yes, it's been a minute. Glad to have you back. You drinking anything today? I am. I found a new pack of White Claws. This is a lemonade limon. Ooh. They're lemonade. actually pretty good. Yeah. I saw this one in the Kroger. Been sitting on it until we can bring it on for a zone of truth. Uh-oh. Emily's beating us to it. She's already oh, brought it on a zone of truth. You can tell us what you think, but you're not allowed to rate it one to five. It's good, not great. Okay. All right. Good, not great. Well, expect to hear Griff and I review this in painstaking detail in about a month. (laughs) (laughs) At some point. Uh, Griff, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a Astro by March 1st. It is the Crush Hard Seltzer flavor. Nice. I can't get enough of this brand. This is just. I'm going to be drinking this all summer, man. Yeah, this is dominating the show lately. This is what you're drinking on everything. This, This is my new favorite seltzer brand. Hell yeah. As for me, I'm doing a little uh, Thursday night clean out the fridge. So I've got a, I think it's a heartache. Yeah, nope. No, it's not. It's just an ache. It's just an ache. (laughs) Orange creamsicle sour from Heart State Brewing. That's pretty exciting. I'm going to be rolling into that right now. And then later on, I've got a brew dog, Hazy Jane with peach. Stuff that I've drank on the show before, but haven't finished off the sixer of. So trying to clean it up, you know? Isn't this weird, us recording a Zone of Truth on a Thursday? It it just feels odd, because this is usually our main show recording night. Cats chasing dogs, man. It just don't sit right. Something's wrong. (laughs) How long has it been since we've recorded now? Two weeks? Yeah, that's weird, too. uh, That's also weird, yeah. The last thing we did was, like, a Discorderly. Well, yeah, we did a Discorderly, but even that wasn't with the whole group. The last thing that was with the whole group was the weekend before that. Yeah, episode, episode 200. 200. Yeah. yeah. Have we ever gone this long without recording since we started? No, I, I can say for a fact, even when we were doing like the five evil interlude episode bullshit that we did early in the day, I don't think we've ever jammed as much recording into a stretch of a month. I mean, that's obviously why we, ha- <laughs> we have a huge bank. Yep. <laughs> feels like we're on vacation it's great it does it's like uh we just decided no may no may will it pay off in june <laughs> well <laughs> we'll see we'll see <laughs> all right so it's the beginning of the show like to go around and see what everyone's been up to for the last little while emily we're gonna hop into all of the craziness in your world because a lot's changed on your end but before we do that let's talk a little bit about like some cool stuff that you've been into lately you got any like movies shows books anything that you've been getting into yeah i have so i recently had a very long drive in the car by myself and so i timed it just right that i was able to get 
uh, Wheel of Time book that I'm on from the library. And so I was able to listen to that audio book. And I kind of go back and forth with that series mm-hmm. of like being into it and then leaving it again. But I was enjoying it for, for the car ride. Now, is this um, a, a re-listen or is this like a new installment or new to you installment? So I'm on the fourth book right now. Fourth of 25. Is that how many there are? There's so There's a many. lot. Is it really that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It, it, the series outlived the original author because it's Robert it Jordan completed. originally, right? And then um, Brandon Sanderson finished it, right? The guy mm-hmm. that does, like, Stormlight Archives and all of that. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So, like, really great fantasy author to pick it up and mm-hmm. finish it, but it's that long. Wow. Yeah, I'm on The Shadow Rising. I'm almost done with that book, and I'll probably take a break before going on to book five. Mm-hmm. Someday, maybe I'll finish the series. Who knows? <laughs> I made it through one. <laughs> book one, I listened through. I did audiobook too, and I was kind of like, I wasn't super enthusiastic to continue. And then when I remembered that it was 25 books, I was like a little less enthusiastic then. Yeah, that falls squarely in that space for me that it's like, okay, I know this checks all of my boxes. An alternate universe of like version of me was completely in love with this, but I know I just don't have time. It's like uh, Elden Ring, right? Like it takes people like a hundred plus hours to beat the main campaign if they kind of fly through it fast. Mm-hmm. And it's like I know Elden Ring is awesome. I would love it. I don't have fucking time for that. Yeah, I mean honestly, I I don't have time for it. I picked yeah. it up because I I love that kind of game. But yeah. Mm-hmm. What else you got for us, Emily? Brooks and I have been watching Superstore recently, and I'm so good. Watching it for the first time, I can't believe we've never seen it before because it's so good. It's a sleeper hit of those like NBC, like 25 minute without commercial shows, like those comedies. Mm-hmm. I think it was tough because it was up against. If I'm just thinking about like shows that were out around the same time, it was up against The Good Place. I think, which was just so highly praised. Is The Good Place NBC as well? I don't know. I don't know what network any of these are on, Steve. Well, because, like, I don't know if you'd call that really up against. I guess this is semantics. But, like, I remember when, like, The Office and Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, and Community would just play back-to-back-to-back new episodes. And it's just, like, kind of like the fandom of one fed the others. But, yeah, like, Superstore, maybe it was. Maybe it's, like, too late for its time. I don't know. You know what I think? Like, I feel like if it hit around then, people would have loved it. Like, th- I think the issue is that the model has stayed the same. Yeah. But now, like, I watch the whole thing on Hulu. Like, a lot of people aren't watching it on cable. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it competes with the other things, where normally it would be, like, in another half-hour time slot right after. That makes a lot of sense, yes. Where are you at, Emily? Like, how far? Ooh, I think we're in... Season three or four now, we just found the dead body in the wall. Oh, God. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, they do a great job of leaving little breadcrumbs to then like a bigger reveal, which is fun. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things about that show was the way that they would like have those little intercuts in between scenes that like told a story in five to 10 seconds. Just like somebody pushing a shopping cart and like, Taking deodorant, putting it on, putting it back on the shelf, walking away. all the milk. <laughs> yeah, awful. How about you, Griff? What you been up to? I have been watching two new shows. One is Tiger and Rabbit. It's an animated show on Netflix. It's a superhero show, but not in the way that like a Marvel or DC animated superhero show is. The premise is that. The superheroes in this world are part of a reality TV show. Oh. And so there's this big megacorp that films all of their exploits and film like is like the is the first on the scene when something bad is happening in the city. And this megacorp like sends the superheroes off. And depending on how they do and like what civilians they save, they rack up points over the course of the year. And then, like, a superhero is voted on as, like, the best superhero of the year. Nice. Uh, But the two main protagonists end up, by some, like, weird fluke in the world, having the same exact superpower. Tiger and Bunny have the same exact superpower, and their superpower is super limited. So they get to use it for five minutes, (laughs) and then they're gassed for, like, an hour. Wait a second. 
Is this an anime? It, it is kind of yeah. like an anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they, so they each have the same exact superpower, and they end up getting teamed up because they don't have a like. Unless you solve a situation in five minutes, mm-hmm. they get useless. Yes, they got to tag their buddy in. Yeah, so so it's pretty funny. And uh, the other show I'm watching is on Hulu. It is Skinwalker Ranch. What? And it is the stupidest fucking show. There's this ranch called Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. It's it's like a History Channel show or whatever. You know, now that History Channel has been completely bastardized into like doing Skinwalker shows and whatever. So they bring in like a PhD aerospace scientist, and they have all of these like experts in their field I say with heavy air quotes <laughs> they're like examining the anomalies on this ranch because the ranch had like cattle killings and they keep finding like radioactivity <laughs> like they keep doing dumb shit and they getting like radiation burns the show's really whack but it's really really funny is it like if ancient aliens were a reality show? Kind of, yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. I mean, they're like there's a scene where they're all talking and they have a whiteboard and they're trying to explain that there's a wormhole above the ranch. <laughs> and they're like, that's the only way it's 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 a cone. It's filtering a cone of energy up through the earth <laughs> and into this wormhole. That's why we see UFOs in the sky over this ranch. It is to be very clear, this is not a parody. It's not a parody. Oh, God, no. It's not a parody. Oh, no. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I highly recommend it if you uh, if you feel like watching something just stupid but hilarious. Oh, boy. That sounds like a, a movie that Brooks and I watched last night. I'm not going to get into it here, but uh, we watched the 2013 movie Grand Piano, and Elijah Wood has to keep playing the piano and play it perfectly or he dies. Oh, that's... <laughs> It's a great uh, concept. Check that one out. It's fucking insane. But I have also been getting into some wild stuff lately. Griff, you kind of were getting me going this past weekend talking about this movie that you had heard of that was so crazy. And it was just pressing all the right buttons for me. I had to check it out. It's a movie called Bone Tomahawk. Wild. It is Russell Crowe starring in... Or no, oops, that's wrong. Kurt Russell starring... (laughs) in like a a really almost paint by numbers classic stereotypical western and it is a good western movie like it's very serviceable as a western movie for the first 60 to 70 percent and then the back half hour 40 minutes is some of the most brutal violence that i've ever seen on screen (laughs) brutal violence brutal gore where would you rank it with some of the classics like Green Inferno and like I would say it's at the level of Green Inferno but not as sustained as Green Inferno cuz that right, was Right cuz it's just in the back. Yeah cuz it's just the back third but it's gnarly. Oh god. I mean there's things done to the human body that I hadn't even imagined. So if you like westerns, check out the first two thirds. If you like crazy torture movies, check out the back third. And if you want to see them combined, watch the whole thing. It was really interesting. (laughs) Pretty wild. But I'm also a really big fan of the show Ozark. I'd watched all three of the first three seasons when they were out. And then there was a big hiatus before season four kicked off, which is relatively recently, I believe. And I told myself that I wasn't going to get back into it because it was it's one of those shows that has such well knit characters and plots and subplots and conniving and all of this craziness that you have to be really fastidious about and keep track of and I'm just like I there's no way I'm going to be able to get back into this like I'm going to be forgetting things I'm just I'm not going to be doing it at the, the correct service I might as well just skip season four well last night I started season four and uh what a fool I was I am so glad to be back on that show. It's so good. I'm stressed the entire time. It's excellent. And it has a very familiar filter over the camera to another movie that I really like. Of course. But uh, talk about that at a later date, maybe. And finally, I recently got done reading just the coolest graphic novel that maybe I've ever read. Had a little book club with some people on our Discord. It's the uh, maybe 94 or 96 comic book run collected in a graphic novel, Batman The Long Halloween. I've never 
really gotten into superhero comic books, but let me tell you, you can read this thing by itself. It has withstood the test of time. It is a phenomenal noir Batman comic book. You can see the influences of that comic book in the Batman, you know, the recent Batman movie and in some of the Nolan Batman stuff. Like it's very influential to those movies. And if you're a fan of either or both of them, check it out. It's cool as hell. It's really good. But on that note, let's get into the actual meat of the episode that we're talking about today. So we've kind of hinted at this. People on the Discord probably know. I'm not sure if everybody listening at this point knows because this is going to drop before episode 200. But Emily's with us remotely. She's not sitting in the studio with Griffin and myself. Any thoughts on that, Emily? Do you miss us? I do. (sighs) It is strange uh, looking at you on a screen instead of being across the table from you. Do we look more HD than in real life? Hmm. We're on a 4K camera. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at myself in, in the... You're shiny, dude. Yeah, I, and I showered before this. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm so gross. Call of Grease Lightning. That should be me. I'm going to shower again after this. <laughs> so, so do we look better or worse? You know, it's probably my computer screen is limiting the yeah. HD quality. Okay. You're going to have to pick up a 4K monitor, Emily. <laughs> yeah, I just have my old one from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, so I think it bears mentioning, if it wasn't explicit before, that this isn't just a special one-off deal. This is our recording situation going forward. So, Emily, you are no longer in Columbus, Ohio. You moved. Where did you move to and why? Yeah, I moved back to my hometown. I never thought never thought it would happen, but it is exciting. I'm now in southeastern Minnesota and I moved to be closer to family. So right back in town with all my family now. That's great. I imagine the folks listening, if they're not caught up in what's going on, are probably all wondering the same thing though. What does this actually mean for the show. Are you going to continue? Do we need to recast you? What's going on? I'd also like to know. Well, I will say I have been prepping some death sequences for my characters, (laughs) but that's because our shows have been so deadly lately. Mm -hmm. I'll still be on all the same shows. I'll be recording remotely, but all of my characters will still be there. That's fantastic. We wouldn't have it any other way. We're glad you're sticking around, even though there's going to be some distance in between us. So what we really wanted to focus on today is the technical aspect of this move. And how are we making it happen? Because there have been some significant changes on your end and some significant changes on our end. And the end goal is for the show to be basically the same as before. We don't want to have a drop in audio quality or quality of role play or dice rolling or what have you. That's our commitment to the listener at home but you know we're a show we got to make this happen so we definitely want to get into all that but before we do have you done anything fun since moving from columbus i have so much of my time has been spent preparing to move actually moving and then getting settled here in minnesota but i was able to squeeze some fun activities in there too I got to watch my sister graduate from dental school in person, which was such a treat to get to be there for that event. One of my friends in the Twin Cities had a dog birthday party. So Beaker and I got to go to that and there were just a bunch of dogs running around, having a great time. So that was fun to get to participate in. And I have been eating a lot of good ice cream. Oh, nice. How's Beaker getting along in the new digs? Oh, he loves it. So I'm staying with my sister right now, and she has a backyard. So he gets to run around in the backyard. And having more people around with different schedules, he doesn't have to be alone as much. So he's just loving it. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm really glad to hear that. That rocks. Is he the only dog in the house? He is the only dog, yeah. So he gets all the attention. Boiled rat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's running that thing. What did you miss about home slash Minnesota that you're glad you can experience again? Is it is it all the ice cream you've been tasting? <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. But really, what I missed the most was just being a part of 
like small and medium life experiences with friends and family. And I've gotten to do that now. Like I went to my sister's graduation. I can go to showers and birthday parties and things that I just wasn't able to do before. So all of that's been really great so far. And of course, being in Minnesota now, there's a lot more lakes, a lot more people with boats. So I am excited to get back in that lake life and go boating this summer. Yeah, you moved at a good time. Yeah, this would be a really, really difficult move if I had done it in like the fall or winter. But it's super pleasant here in Minnesota right now. So springtime is a good time to move. What what do we got, Griff? Like Buckeye Lake, I guess? The one? We got Trapper Jones, canoe livery. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What, you don't want to hide your booze in a cooler at Trapper Jones? Get lit up on the river when your parents are there with us? (laughs) Oof. Story for another time. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, we should do that again. No, we shouldn't. That's a big pain in the ass. Um, All right. So let's talk a little bit about remote recording. So let's go around the table here because this is maybe new for listeners of the HLP listening to some remote recording. But I think we have varying degrees of experience with remote recording. Emily, what is your experience with remote recording? So I've only remote recorded once for a podcast. It was just a a food science podcast that I was asked to be their guest for one episode. I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. What the fuck? (laughs) You didn't... You didn't didn't, didn't tell us about this? You didn't think to advertise our podcast on their promo? I did not (laughs) promo. I think the audience overlap with a food science podcast. Is huge. (laughs) Is huge. Uh, You have to be a huge fucking nerd to be into food science. No offense. I would also say look at the people that have been on our podcast. Two of them are food science doctors. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Can they get you back on? (laughs) Probably. And if they want Griff and I to come on to review some seltzers or something, just let us know. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're basically professional at reviewing seltzers at this point. Yep. I mean, you might have to get a little bit more scientific, but... What's more happen. scientific than on a scale of one fish, two fish, fish, <laughs> red fish, blue fish? I think that's a pretty damn scientific scale. That's pretty much as good as it gets. You just got to keep it consistent. I don't think anybody would bat an eye when I mountain dote them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you got a little bit of experience on a show that will not be named here because we weren't named on there. But you so you've never did any remote gaming, have you? I have done some remote gaming. Tim ran us through Return of the Rune Lords and a lot of that was virtual. So I do have experience with virtual game playing but the recording aspect is like just the next level that i haven't done before makes sense to me yep now i remember i was there as well yeah you were also a part of that so was i (laughs) (laughs) all right so on my end obviously that experience we share also griff and i have talked a lot about our show hideous tomfoolery with the uh, great folks at the southern tomfoolery podcast network where we are playing through Attack of the Swarm. So we've recorded remotely. We've played remotely. Griff, I know you have more remote recording experience than I do. I've got a couple guest spots like on STF and Friends and Pot Against the Machine, but not terribly much beyond that. Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, the hideous tomfoolery as a player and recording that and obviously Tim's game as well as a player. I think both of those use Roll20. I'm also a part of a game that's kind of on a hiatus right now, but it's called Lunch Hour Heroes, and we play every Friday. It's with uh, Jason on the Discord and our buddy Alex and a rotating guest from there. But that is remote and streamed? Yeah, you just kind of like stream it on Discord. Discord, and people come in and hang out and listen. Yeah, so. Uh, that's a little bit more remote experience, but I've also, I have, I think Haley and I are the only ones in our group that have experience. Oh, Chris does too. Uh, experience running a game remotely. So Haley and I have had the opportunity to run games remotely in Foundry for our $100 and up patrons. 
So I ran a 2E scenario and Haley ran a 1E scenario, but we both got to GM for that. I also GM'd the remote Gen Con live stream, which is part of the reason why we have a nice setup to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to do this. So that, that kind of made this easier, this transition. So I have a decent amount of it. Great. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly not super worried about it. You say not super worried about it. I know when the topic of remote recording comes up, oftentimes in discussions around the TTRPG community, there's a lot of discussion, pros and cons of virtual versus online. Those are the same thing. Virtual and in person. Virtual and on the net. (laughs) (laughs) Internet based and also online. So with my limited experience, obviously I prefer to play in person. I think that's really hard to capture some of the nuances that happen around the table and, you know, the way that you can kind of read the room and really know when to jump in and that kind of stuff. But the other side of that is that with remote recording, it's a lot more convenient for most folks. I mean, obviously we wouldn't be able to have Emily take her new job and go move to Minnesota and still be on the show without remote recording. So it opens up opportunities. And, uh, you know, sometimes can save you gas money if you don't want to drive over to your buddy's house. Yeah, that's true. Which I've done before. But, yeah, what are, what are your guys' thoughts? Emily? I mean, that's what I was thinking, too, with the pros and cons. It can be a time saver once you kind of get all the kinks ironed out that it just saves you on commuting time uh, back and forth. But I am going to miss just the chit chat that we have like before we actually play just hanging out and you know all the the minis because i won't get to see those anymore and of course trying all the crazy drinks that everyone has i can't do that anymore i can just observe now well you're still a part of the drink pool you just gotta get your own shit it's your turn yeah so i'll be alone in my drinks from now on i think this is gonna affect us much worse than it's gonna affect emily because What most people don't know is as much shit as we gave Emily, she like facilitated most of it. Like if we were missing something often, like you would go pick it up. Yeah, we're we're going to be we're going to be struggling. (laughs) Not going to be smooth sailing on the drink front. But fortunately, I have the chalice go forward about five weeks or so. Yeah, about five weeks. And then if Emily wins it, I I get it by default (laughs) because she can't. What are we going to do? Ship the chalice? We're not shipping the chalice. No, that's true. We cannot ship it. I mean, it was shipped here, but uh, but we can't. But ship we can't it ship. Again. There's no way we can ship it. Ship it once. Shame on you. Mm-hmm. Ship it twice. It's gonna break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the saying. I would say maybe you give one week to Brooks. You know, him and. Oh Emily. yeah. No, if, if Emily wins, the boys are gonna share the challenge. Okay. Good. I think, yeah. yeah. I think that makes sense. <laughs> that only that's, makes that's sense to exclude Haley the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we figured that one out. Griff, anything to add to that prompt, or you want to move right along? Uh, You know, I think the really big thing that I miss going remote that I think we're just going to have to reestablish is the ritual of Mm. our gameplay, the ritual of coming here and chatting, the ritual of getting everything set up, the ritual of Brooks making mouth noises into the (laughs) mic, us doing mic checks and all of that. That's all going to change, but... I'll be honest, with our experience with the Southern Tom Flory group and playing with them, like you develop new rituals remotely. We kind of have rituals with them when we record as well. Yeah. Even though we're not all together. And I think we're going to ease into that pretty well. I honestly think that we'll have a little bit of growing pains that you as the listeners probably aren't going to experience, but just us as players are going to have to work through and probably edit through. But the product is going to be just as good. And I'm not worried about the product changing. And I'm not worried about the amount of fun that we're having changing. So I think those are the core things that we need to be worried about when we go remote. And because they're not going to change, the show's not going to change. I think we'll be fine. Absolutely. Okay. Now for the question that I know everyone has been asking. Emily, take us through your setup. Because... What I'm looking at in my screen is uh, (laughs) pretty certifiably ridiculous. A feat of modern engineering. (laughs) So I watched some YouTube videos when I was getting ready to set up my recording space. And one of them was for a DIY sound booth. 
So, of course, that got me thinking like, oh, I want to, you know, control how my voice will be bouncing around the room, but I want something pretty mobile. So I built myself a little sound cave using moving blankets and some clothes racks. So hopefully that helps with the sound quality in the room. So it's just I've kind of walled myself off to my computer. So I can't go anywhere. I'm I'm stuck in my recording chair. So when Brooks inevitably moves out there with you, are you going to share your sound cave with him or are you going to make him get his own sound cave? Well, see, the great thing is everything is movable, so we can just expand it and then we can have one giant sound cave. Oh, boy. (laughs) I want to hear those mouth noises in the isolation booth. Counterpoint, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Well, I'm sure Brooks will be happy to share those with everyone. Uh, Yeah, that part of the ritual won't change, I'm sure. No, Mm -hmm. no, it'll happen regardless. Okay, so you're in what I can describe as um, between two giant denim legs, it looks like. (laughs) What what about the rest of your setup? What are you speaking into? I know that you had to make some purchases for this. Like, what all went into your setup right now? What do I not see on camera? Yeah, I did get a lot of equipment to get everything set up. So I'm using the same microphone that we used in the studio. So I should be sounding pretty similar to how I was. I did have to get an audio interface. So I have the Motu M4. Um, So good capability for when Brooks is here. We can both use that audio interface. It was super easy to set up. Like the customer service getting everything shipped here was great. I had to get some new cables, a new, to go along with that, a preamp just to help boost the sound for the microphone, Uh, some new lights so that you guys can see me. And then I'm using my same, my computer, desktop computer that I had in Columbus and then a a decent webcam to uh, make sure so that you can see me. Nice. Where are you actually set up? Like, cause this doesn't look like a small setup. Are you taking over like half of your bedroom? Are you like in a spare bedroom or something? What's going on? Yeah, so I am staying in a guest bedroom in the basement. So it's actually a pretty big room. So I have like maybe a third of it kind of right now set up as a recording space. So I have my desk, computer, all my blankets and stuff set up. But the nice thing is the sound cave collapses down and I can take the blankets down and just kind of fold everything up. So it actually doesn't take up too much space when it's not in use. And then I just set it up when I need to use it. Oh, nice. What's your like setup takedown time look like? Really only like a couple minutes. If that setup takes a little bit longer because I have to clip everything in place. But taking it down is pretty quick. Rock and roll. Not bad at all. Well, it's a pretty cool setup. I love how DIY it looks, but you sound great. And hopefully that'll come through to the final product. All right. Well, thanks for sharing, Emily. Appreciate it. I'm really excited to hear how this sounds in the final product. Let's switch gears here, though, because we're only really talking so far about half of what it takes to make this remote recording setup possible. We have a whole recording studio set up on our end that had to get completely redone for the big move. And I think this was pretty much all architected and mostly executed by you, Griffin. I know like myself and Haley and I think Chris were over here to help out, but like what has changed? Cause a lot has changed. Yeah, a lot has changed. So we're in a very unique spot among podcasts and streams nowadays in that most of our group is still local. And most of our group does not have their own remote capable setup. And so what we had to do was kind of extreme (laughs) (laughs) because what we wanted to do was make it feel like Emily is still the fifth person at the table in all of our games. And we wanted to keep being able to record in the same studio that we've been recording in, you know, it's soundproofed. It's got lighting. It's it's where we've taken all the pictures on our Instagram and, and all of that stuff. But 
to do that, we really had to kind of radically change the <laughs> studio. So I kind of want to get a little bit into specifics here because I know a lot of people that that listened to like back when we gave like our mic and and audio interface setup stuff back in like a super early zone of truth. We're really interested in that when they eventually wanted to do a podcast and spin their own stuff up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through this and I'm gonna actually point out the pieces of equipment that we have. And before I talk about all of that, I'm going to say a huge thank you to our patrons because right now we don't pay ourselves anything for this show still, but you guys are so generous with the Patreon that we've had enough money to basically sky is the limit upgrade this studio. So we've made some very major as a company purchases in order to make this not only a remote solution so that we can have Emily on and have all our shows be the same, but also just a studio that is now stream capable and that kind of thing. So thank you very much. You know, we wouldn't have been able to do this without you guys supporting us. So onto the juicy, juicy setup. We got a new PC, about a $4,000 setup on that guy. It is really, yeah, it's, Jesus it's Christ. like, the top of the top is going to serve us well for years, but it is running a three camera plus audio interface plus ATEM Extreme, which is our camera switcher setup. And so what we're using for cameras is Blackmagic 4K studio cameras. So that's why I was joking around with Emily that she should get a 4K monitor because uh, we actually are able to <laughs> stream this stuff in 4K, although a lot of times like people don't stream on Twitch in 4K because it's just slow. It's hard to, <laughs> you have to have a crazy internet connection to do that. When you got 4K cameras and a 4K price tag computer. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> so we had already updated the studio with a bunch of RGB lighting just to kind of make it look cool. But we've also updated the lighting setup. So we have, <laughs> we have now several kind of tiered towers of key lights that look down at us that we can turn on and off and each corresponds to a camera. And so the way our table used to be set up was I would sit at one end and then I would have two players on each of the long ends of the table. And now we've kind of rotated it where Emily shows up on camera from the same side of the table as she was, as she used to sit. But now one of our cameras points at two players on the long side and then two other cameras point at the other two people on the ends. And we've done that through a series of articulating arms. <laughs> so the arms kind of come off of a separate table and they actually come past the monitors that we have both our audio recording on as well as uh, our picture of Emily up on. And they come past that over that to get a close look at the players at the sides of the table while the other camera has a straight shot on the two players on the end. We have a stream deck now to manage all the scene changes that come along with streaming. So once we decide to stream something, the stream deck is really handy because it kind of macro makes changes in OBS very easy. We have a bunch of new ring lights. <laughs> we have two monitors now that are on kind of like a double mount on one side of the table so we can kind of show different things or mirror the screen. And those monitors can swivel so that everyone at the table can see them. So we kind of, it, it really does feel like Emily is just kind of across the table, which is what I wanted to replicate with this setup. And I'm hoping once we get all the people sitting and all the cameras on for our first session tomorrow, mm -hmm. uh, that Emily will feel like she's at the table as well. So the ATEM Extreme is a video switcher that all the cameras can go into. That plugs into an Elgato 4K60 Pro, which is a card that goes in your computer that a lot of people use for gaming. So you can plug like a PlayStation 5 into it and stream PlayStation 5 through your computer onto Twitch. But we're using it to plug the 4K cameras into, and we're using the switcher to be able to plug three cameras into one input. Our Zoom L12 is still our reliable mixer and it works just as well for this application. I actually highly recommend the Zoom L12 and L8 
if you are somebody that wants to stream, they're probably the most inexpensive options for having as many inputs as a TTRPG podcast needs. And it's, God, we've had it for like four years, not, not quite four years, like three and a half years. And it's still chugging along strong. I think that's about it. We've all still got our Shure SM7Bs as our mics. The only thing I didn't say is the lenses, and I, that's because I have no fucking idea what the lenses <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I'd like to echo your comment, thanking the patrons. There's definitely a version of this where we're not taking home any money and we're not able to make this setup happen because we don't have the money to do it. So a huge thank you because, I mean, are we taking checks home? No, but like your money means that the show can continue and be as good as it was before. So thank you very much. And even take steps into the future. Like, yeah, we can stream with minimal setup. I think what you as patrons have allowed us to do over the years is make putting this show on and recording this show and editing this show less cumbersome. So much of this setup is set up the way it is so that we can set it and forget it. And it, it doesn't take us long to do. Just several months ago, we were moving all of our equipment into my office and then moving it all back into the game room to record every time we did any kind of live content. Yeah, so we were doing that at least twice a month with Drunken Disquarterly and Live Zone of Truth. What does this new setup mean for those shows and anything in the future? Just way higher quality. Like Drunken Disquarterly, this allows us to be actually comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually comfortable and together. I mean, not together together because we don't have Emily, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but together in the sense that we can have as many people as want to be on the show in this room right now, and we don't have to adjust at all. Yeah. For next month's Discordly or Live Zone of Truth, I could literally show up 10 minutes before showtime, sit down, and we'll be ready to go. And Obviously, it, we need to like spin up, you know, like set up the recording and everything, but it's not the like two-hour process of move everything, mm-hmm. set it up, then afterwards, once everyone's like fucking toasted, like, okay... Now to take it back down and move it so you can have an office on Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that goes beyond just this setup. It's, it's really like we have a full Adobe subscription to everything because of our patrons. Like we have several editing softwares that, that are expensive and you've allowed us to do that, which lets us kind of set our editing and not forget it, but <laughs> set it and run it and really cuts down on the manual hours that that are required to do these shows. I mean, I edited three shows this week, just me, because Haley's on a work trip. The only reason I'm able to do that is because we have the software in place that that makes my life easier. So yeah, a huge thank you to the patrons for, for all of that, because this would be a lot harder without that. Absolutely. The next era of the hideous laughter podcast and network is here and it's going to be pretty fucking cool but if the light in front of us is any indication it's bright yeah this sucks <laughs> I'm really hot <laughs> we gotta figure out the air situation yeah we gotta we gotta get a quiet air conditioning unit that's the next purchase uh well, looking forward to that next summer oh you know what also another thing that the patreon dollars went to Emily, too bad you missed it. We fucking carpeted the room. Yeah, the room has carpet now, oh. which means we can roll around freely, and it's beautiful. For 200 episodes of the mainline show and all of the extra shit we did, we had a carpet or a rug <laughs> like that was in. just barely bigger than the game table. So, like, once you got your heavy, big office chair up over the edge of the carpet, like, you're locked in. Because if you back up, you're going to, like, catch on the back of the carpet. Oh, this is, I mean. It's night and day. We're I mean, flying that's, first that's class. That's probably my favorite part of the <laughs> studio, honestly. It's so nice. So nice. All right. So. I reached out to the Discord. I said, hey, we're going to have Emily on the show. Do y'all have any questions for her? And the patrons and the folks on the Discord delivered. I have so many questions. Emily, are you ready to go through the lightning rounds? I am. Okay. First question comes from Jason. Question. Read any good books lately? All right. So at the beginning, I did talk about a book. But I have another book that I would highly recommend reading. I'm still reading through it but it's Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. 
Haley recommended it to me, and it just has everything you would want in a book. There's great world building, magic, dragons, strong female characters. It's been a treat so far. Nice. That one's on my list too. Haley recommended it to me as well. I rented it from the library. I received it, realized it was a thousand pages, and uh, realized I didn't have time for it. Slowed your roll. Ooh. <laughs> Quick around the table. Griff, you were reading any good books lately? Uh, have I read any good books lately? Not really. I think about it. Oh, you know what I did get, and I finally got the chance to read? I uh, remember when we did the Zone of Truth with Tim Hitchcock, and he recommended the Satanic Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I bought that because it's like oh $4 God. on Amazon. He recommended it so hard. I read that. It was very interesting. Wow. Okay. The the werewolf thing that he was talking about is in there. Huh. Whoa. Maybe I'll give that a read. Uh, as for myself, with STF wrapping up their second season of their APA arc, they're doing Signal of Screams. They're almost done. By the time this is out, that'll be completed. I started reading Signal of Screams because I like reading Adventure Pass and we'll obviously never play it because some people on the show listen to that show. So it's like, ah, it's not going to work. Very cool Adventure Pass. I talked last time on here about a ton of different books that I was into. I'm still reading all of those same books because it's a big stack of them. So if you listen to the episode two weeks ago, you know what I'm reading. Let's move on to our next question here from By Gainfully Employed Tart. Are we to expect more tampering with the drinks list now that you're not going to be under the direct surveillance of the Department of Internal Compliance Knowing, or D-I-C-K, Dick for short? All right, so um, playing uh, pretty fast and loose with making acronyms up for departments in this podcast network that don't exist. But um, Emily, what's going on with the drink poll? You still going to be running that? So I would like to say I will still be running the drink poll, and unless expressly prohibited by the drink suggester, I withhold the right to make minor changes to the drinks in this sake of fun. My thoughts? Yeah, you're, go ahead. <laughs> you listen to this show? You've heard my thoughts. Yeah, fair enough. Tampering. We don't, we don't have enough time. Tampering, and now we can't catch her in the act. All right, Ten Lawn Gnomes is asking, what has been your favorite Nozama pun so far? Also, could you explain what that means, Emily? Because not everybody subscribes to our Patreon. Yeah, so for our linked legacy current season where chris is running malevolence i have been playing a character on the show who is an android named al3x-a or al for short and she works for the nozama corporation which is a corporation that i made up but it is amazon spelled backwards because she is linked with the technic league very appropriate. I was pretty proud of coming up with that name. And I think it does sound kind of like a vaguely evil kind of fantasy name. It does. Is their logo a frowny face? Oh, yeah. Like Amazon's is a smiley face. It's the because when you look at the Amazon logo, it's Amazon, right? And the smiley face goes from A to Z, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, oh, we have everything from A to Z. This goes the frowny face from Z to A. <laughs> I love that. What's your favorite pun so far that you've made? Ooh, I mean, it's tough. I think we did have some pretty good running jokes on two-day shipping. Mm -hmm. And I did ask Alexa a lot of questions to prepare for the character. So had to slip some of those answers in, too. I think personally, my favorite Nozama moment was when I I knew I was razzing you a little bit. I asked you to tell me a joke because you can tell your home device that starts with A to tell you a joke and she just will right away and you had one ready to go. Got me good. I like that like all of Al's circuitry is kind of based off of like an echo dot Mm -hmm. or an echo where like it changes like colors. Mm -hmm. So this next question is one that I want to put an asterisk on here. So Eric follows up. Any thoughts about what you like to run when it's your turn for Link Legacy? Now, what I will say, Eric, is that there have been discussions about what's going to happen with Season 5, but absolutely nothing set in stone. We don't have anybody lined up to GM or anything. So I think maybe the way to tweak this question better for what's going on here is, Emily, is there anything out there, Pathfinder module or likewise, that you think would sound fun to run? 
Yeah, so I actually did start reading through a module and kind of working through it in my head to see if it would be a good fit. I don't know if I would actually want to run it because it's first edition. So the module is Gallery of Evil. And it's kind of interesting because you as players are kind of like connected to this high society and there's a kind of mysterious painter and some paintings that are very evil. And there's some like fun social situations that I think we would enjoy playing through because there's just room to have like fun interactions with drunk party guests and like creative ways you can get around some of the problems. So if I had done it earlier, when we were still, you know, mostly doing first edition, I think that would have been a good contender for a linked legacy module. We could have had a lot of fun with it. Drunk podcasters interacting with drunk party guests. Sounds about right. Do my muscles, grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not that drunk. (laughs) All right, cool. Caranthamum is asking, how quickly do you think your Minnesota accent will return? Oh, yeah, no. Uh, I think I'd have to move uh, farther out there for that one. I don't think I had a Minnesota accent when I moved to Columbus, but I will ask you, Steve, because I think we met like not long after I moved to Columbus. Did I have an accent? Uh, I didn't know you were from Minnesota till like three years ago. So, uh, <laughs> so probably I'd, not. So not enough to know. <laughs> no, I don't register any facts about my friends in my head. And no, I did not know. I didn't realize it. So I didn't hear it. You can hear it with Brooks. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You can't hear yours. At least as long as I've known you. I also wasn't born in Minnesota either. So I think that probably helps. Born mm-hmm. in St. Louis, Missouri. So at a young age was there and then moved to Minnesota. So I probably like missed that accent development. Would your parents have the accent? Oh, my dad does. When he's okay. especially around uh, his family, like they're from kind of rural Wisconsin, it comes out so hard. Yeah, because I was going to say, if you were really young without it, unless your parents had the accent, it's kind of hard to hard to pick it up on, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. To, like through kindergarten. Yeah. Do I have a Chicago accent? Kind of, yeah. Okay, good. It's not, it's not like bad. Yeah. I've definitely made like Chicago, like yeah. terrible very good. Yours isn't like that. I think Saw is very Chicago, which uh, now, so that means uh, Sargava is Chicago. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. But if, if we're talking about, yeah, like regional Chicago stuff, my parents recently moved to a new house. And like the first thing they told me is that they just rattled off the seven pizza places that are within like four blocks. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're so Chicago. This is great. <laughs> All right, next question. This is from Demuth. He's asking, what Disney princess is the most Minnesotan? So I did think about this for a little while. And I think that Anna from Frozen is the most Minnesotan princess because she's pretty darn nice. So Minnesota nice. And she's from a very cold place. And she almost froze to death so that like checks all the minnesotan boxes yeah i guess that's yeah is she a princess though i guess she is yeah 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 and she becomes i think she ends up becoming queen but she was a princess too anna becomes queen doesn't she i thought she took over in in the second movie maybe i I might have i I was lost in the woods that whole movie okay that's fair that's fair (laughs) Haven't you seen it like a bunch of times? I've seen it a lot, but I'm mostly there for... uh, Like kind of a lot of times? Mostly there for the reindeer content. Yeah, that adds up. You seem like a big Olaf dude. Am am I reading that incorrectly? I mean, Olaf, but Kristoff is is my character. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. I don't know, I've never seen the movie. Thomas asks, how buff is Freya after so many episodes carrying the party? He does stipulate this question might age poorly, now that this episode is coming out after 199, I think it aged just fine. We had some close calls, but Freya's still around. Yeah, I feel like though she is barely keeping up, even though she can only heal like half the party right now. So that's a little concerning. And I mean, pretty much I feel like I'm spending my turns healing or being blind or silenced. So one of the three. 
Yeah, that checks out. Got pretty good at shutting you down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the uh, the most impressive one was not when you carried the party, but when you carried your own salvation mm-hmm. in uh, in 198. Yes, because it's like, hey, because of a choice I made, I actually did plant my boots and. <laughs> that, w- that was one of my favorite recent moments from the show. And it didn't even happen on air. It was maybe it wasn't even that drive to that episode. But like, I remember, Emily, me, you and Brooks were in the car together. And you're like, I have this plan. And you're like, well, I do have my healing on, which means that I go up from zero to one, which means that I'm not staggered. And like seeing the like. Pepe Silvia lines coming together. I was just like, oh my God, she's brilliant. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> my biggest mistake was giving you guys time. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've said that off air. I fervently believe that if we didn't have that week, Freya could be permadead. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, Emily, the reason that you got that plan together was because you had time to think about what you did and what you're able to do, and you put together a shockingly effective turn. Yeah, I remember on the car ride back home after Freya was down to zero hit points and we ended 197, I was just brainstorming ideas and I was like, what do I do with only one action? Like, it's just not enough to get myself out of the situation, get far enough away from Shala where she can't just immediately, permanently kill me. And it really was the time that I had to just stew it over and think about all of the buffs that I had turned on and how exactly I could piece together the perfect turn to pull it all together. I don't know if I'll ever have something come together so perfectly in a game again. (laughs) You know what I hadn't thought about? If you're something like a cleric and you are staggered because you're at zero, the situation happens so infrequently that... Mm -hmm. Can you heal yourself and remove the staggered and move? Like if you heal yourself, if you heal yourself with that action, then you're no longer at zero and staggered, right? Because right, you would like, would you get like your move action, an action Like taking an action will put you down, but if that taking action pumps healing into you, you don't go down. I think it. I think it checks out. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if it's like, hey, at the start of your turn, you're staggered, and so you're staggered for the full turn, or whatever. I'm sure there's some forum post about this, like James Jacobs or somebody from Paizo has chimed in on, but I, I think we've got that right. I think that makes sense. I mean, it, it was right either way because it wasn't the healing that did, it was. Oh, oh it, the, it was oh, the, the show, we definitely got it yeah, right. The but show like, we your your right. situation of healing yourself, I mm-hmm. think is probably, probably legit. Yeah. All right, cool. So next question and the last Emily specific question, this is coming from 10 Lawn Gnomes, AKA Eric. And I really like this question because I want to know the answer and I don't know the answer. Where does Emily draw inspiration for Sylvie's swordsmanship? Zorro, Princess Bride, Pirates of the Caribbean, other swashbucklery tales that escape my mind at the moment? Good question, Eric. So for Sylvie, I actually did real research into this, I guess. I watched fencing competitions online to like see how they do their moves, the rules, the different types of fencing that exists in the real world. And then I also read through some descriptions for fencing techniques and different skills that you pair together to like successfully parry something or to like kind of push your attack. And I tried to use those actual fencing techniques in my descriptions to make it more well-rounded, more realistic, base it in something very real. And then, you know, Sylvie changed her weapon. She isn't using a rapier anymore. She has a kukri. And actually, one of our fans sent in an awesome description of kukris and the techniques that are used with a kukri. And it was great information that I've slowly started to sprinkle into Sylvie's new combats because they're, it's a different weapon and it's used uh, in different ways. That's cool as hell. I saw that email as well and I was like, thank you, thank you. Just, that's the type of stuff that we as people who have never been in combat, like, don't know. So <laughs> the more I learn, the more that, like, we can put into the show. It's cool. Yeah. 
All right. We have one final listener question. I thought we'd end on a fun one. This is for the whole table, not just Emily. This comes from Sir Newt. What's the best prank you've ever pulled? Does anybody want to go first? Or does anybody feel so confidently in theirs that they'd like to clean up and go last? I could go first here. It's one that actually you were a part of as well, Steve. Uh, but it, it was just one of my favorites because of the reaction. So it was this past summer when we all went to a cabin mm. together. So like all the HLP crew and several of our friends from Columbus went to a cabin. And Chris was showing up later than the rest of the group. And we started the seed like sending him texts because myself, Chris, and our buddy John all live like within a block or two of each other. I forgot and, about this. This was so funny. And we... <laughs> this is so good. We convinced Chris that the plan the whole time had been him driving John to the cabin. And so John like sent him a text that was along the lines of like, hey man, I walked over to your place. I'm waiting outside. Where are you? After we had known Chris was like well on the road. Like Chris was yeah, like, like 30, 40 <laughs> minutes into the drive. <laughs> and John, to be clear, John is with us at the cabin. Yeah, he's he, with us at we, the cabin. We drove him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is, service is so bad when you get to that area where the cabin is that we kind of knew, like, if he's within 15, 20 minutes, he's not going to get these messages until he arrives. So we know we're going to have him here and he's going to see this. <laughs> and he checks his phone. It is perfect. He checked his phone when he, like, walked in to the cabin. And everyone's everyone like, hey, man, great to see you here. Hell yeah. Where's John Where's at? John? What's going on? And he's, he's like, let me check my phone. Yeah, then he's like, let me and he sees the message like I'm I'm outside your your house. <laughs> oh my god, Chris's face just dropped into his shoes. <laughs> and we had like John hit upstairs. The rest of us are trying not to not to break as we kind of like <laughs> as we ask these leading questions of him. That was really funny. <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> that brings such a smile to my face. How about you, Emily? What you got? Oh, so I'm not super good at pulling pranks uh, just because I I get too excited about them. But I guess the most elaborate prank, I guess, that I was a part of was back in high school. Our high school band on homecoming day went to our band director's house at like 4 a.m. and just blasted our fight song to wake him up. And so that's how he got woken up on homecoming morning. You got the whole band in on that? Oh, it was not something that I planned, but the whole band was there. I mean, yeah, whether or not you planned that, excellent job getting everyone in on that. Yeah. Yep. The the marching band had a lot of fun with that one. Hell yeah. But in reality, you pranked yourself because you guys had to wake up before 4 a.m. anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do the prank. Congratulations. You played yourself. Um <laughs> On my end, so I think that the best prank I ever pulled was on a coworker of mine. So me and my buddy at work, we're pretty tight. And for a while, we got into this like Cold War escalation of trying to surprise each other with photographs. So basically what we would do is print out photos that were pretty ridiculous, like there's this infamous photo of me at a work event um, where I look really, really bad and really drunk. And so like he printed that out and would just like slip it into like my binder. And so I'd be like in a meeting and just see it. Or like <laughs> he would like embed it in an Excel document and I would be like on a call with somebody and scroll down trying to find a number and just see it like pop up in the corner. So it was like that little thing where we try to like surprise each other with these images. And at one point we were going back and forth, not with images, but with songs. And we were making fun of like old, like early 2000s, like kind of rap rock. And I brought up saliva, which I don't think is rap rock. I don't know what you call that, like stadium rock or something. I don't know. But 
we found this awful screen grab of the lead singer of Saliva, like mid-song, like mid-word, and we printed that out. And then we were surprising each other with that. And one day he goes to a meeting and leaves his car keys on his desk. And I, I immediately knew what I had to do. I grab his car keys. I run out to his car. I fold the paper so it's the perfect size, slip it under the sun visor, and go back, sit back down at my desk. He comes out of his meeting. He gets back to work. No harm, no foul. Like eight days later, it's like a Sunday. I get a text. You motherfucker. <laughs> it's like I almost got into an accident because he opened his sun visor and the lead singer from Saliva fell into his lap. So that's the prank I'm most proud of. We used to put that kind of shit in macros, in files that we were building for other people. Oh, yeah. We, you could, in VBA, you can get Excel to like bring up an image. <laughs> so we would, we would have it bring up like ridiculous shit. When, so, like the macro worked, but I it would just it. bring up a, your, like, you know, your Nick Cage birthday gift or whatever. <laughs> hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Thank you again, Emily, for coming on. By the way, folks at home, this is our first remote recording with Emily. We didn't say that before, but we haven't recorded anything else. This is the first one. So thanks for working through this with us, Emily. I thought this was a really cool conversation that we had. Hopefully this answers a lot of questions for the people at home and helps explain all the cool stuff that we're doing to keep the show possible and sounding good. I do want to do a little bit of wrap up and housekeeping before we move on and call it a day. Looking at the calendar, the next big thing to get excited for is the Zone of Truth Live. That's going to be June 11th, 4 p.m. Eastern. Check it out. If you're at the $10 and up tier and our Patreon, you can come hang out with Griffin and us and like catcall us while we're trying to do an episode of Zone of Truth. It's very fun. You can do Final Jab. It's great. I've been guest starring on the Southern Tomfoolery STF and Friends show Twin Heists. That's going to be wrapping up very soon. Catch us on Twitch. If you are not able to catch us on Monday nights when we're playing this show, it's cool. Just go on their Twitch channel and you can watch all the old videos. And I believe eventually that's going to get dropped as an audio file on their Patreon feed. So look for it there if you'd prefer to check it out there. But there is one final thing. This is episode 200 week. Episode 200 week. It's recorded. I don't think it's edited yet. No, it's not edited yet. I don't know <laughs> Maybe the, a time it released. I don't Maybe. know the final count. I don't know the final length, but I do know it's three parts. Three parts. Length. We'll say it's lengthy. I'm sure it's going to be lengthy. Oh, it's girthy at least. Is there anything you want to tease, Griffin? And the answer can be no. Because I don't know that we want to sell the farm on this one. The premise is interesting. Hmm. Anything I want to tease. Uh, if you missed a certain character, you're really going to like it. Saw confirmed. I'm <laughs> uh, fucking with you. Another, another saw base. <laughs> no, no, here we go again. <laughs> no, excellent. Well, thanks for coming on, Emily. Everyone, thanks for listening. Really looking forward to the next era of the HLP. And Griffin, Finish what do you friends. want to say? We'll see you in two weeks. Later. Bye. Bye.